Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is Carlo, uh, and with me is, as usual, Pete. And I'm also joined by Emma Bowers and Abby Dorton. Wait, Jesus oh, Christ. Uh, Abby <laughs> Denton. See, yeah. I, that was, I, that I, was I a mean intro, more like Abby Dorkton. I, <laughs> that just comes out of nowhere. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've been nothing but nice to you. Listen, uh, folks, just to clear this up, uh, Abby actually self-identified in the chat as Dorkton, and I was looking at that instead of my own, my own typed-in intro. Yeah, See, yeah, no, let's yeah. get on with Podside Dick Pick or whatever. <laughs> okay, I just want to yeah, go yeah, on yeah. record that I didn't see any of that. And so if it's oh, Abby's wow. word against Carlos, I think we're going to have to go with Abby on this one. Okay. Thank you, thank well, you, you know much. what? I'm, I'm going to go with Gab- Abby. See, I'm going to go with Gabby now. <laughs> just, just, I'm, you know what? Now it's a bit, I got to like mispronounce your name all through the episode. <laughs> no, no. Um, so we have Emma Bowers and Abby Denton on with us to discuss uh, the only TV show that Satoshi Kon, master anime uh, director Satoshi Kon, created Paranoia Agent. All right. So um, say hi, Emma and Abby. Hello. I, I feel like I've already said hello enough. <laughs> I, I guess <laughs> I could say hi, Emma and Abby, if that's what you meant. <laughs> there you go. Uh, hi, I, 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 hey there. I don't know. You're my favorite one. <laughs> I see. <laughs> can we treat can we treat Abby as a hostile pod side <laughs> guest? <laughs> no, no. I was really proud of pod side dick pick. I, I you know everyone was talking over it. I think it deserves more attention. <laughs> oh no. That's gonna you know how like you can change your Twitter name to like something like, you know, timely or something. That, that's my new one. <laughs> There we go. Nice. <laughs> Pod side I dick, dick pick. <laughs> just a that planet just sounds like one of those, those Halloween parody songs for some, some reason. It was a pot side, side dick, dick pick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're never getting Dracula to this show, man. He took that. It's we, 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 may, we may get there next episode. Um, yeah. Looking, looking through a telescope and being being outraged that the planet hung hang dong, you know, you're like that that planet just showed me its penis. Um, anyway, let's get back to paranoia agent. <laughs> uh, so uh, had I had seen this before in snippets, uh, I believe on Adult Swim, sort of when it came out first. Uh, had anyone else seen this before? 
So I'm I'm really old. I'm learning that. I'm learning that every time I go on like a show to talk about like more anime because everyone I feel who's either <sighs> early like like later millennial early zoomer like adult swim and tsunami tends to be their intro into anime, which is totally good. I definitely encourage that. I think it's open to a lot more like accessibility, I think to a lot of people who didn't have the means to drop $30 on a VHS tape at the Suncoast. I think it's great. But I, I am one of those people. So it's just weird for me to people be like, oh yeah, I saw whatever, Paranoid Agent, Cowboy Bebop, um, Toonami, that was great. And I'm like, oh man, I'm so old. I like <laughs> bought a DVD of it. <laughs> yeah, my, so mine, watched- was a, mine was a VHS tape of Akira, if that helps. Yeah, right. Thank you. I feel less <laughs> less old, less less alone well, in this big world. <laughs> well, this was uh, my mine has a little bit of a sad story because we used to have uh, in Puerto Rico uh, a place that I would drive down to uh, that was run by I believe the owner was like a, a Belgian expat who lived in Puerto Rico now. Um, and hello, Dominic. If you're listening to this, he's probably not listening <laughs> to this, but. Um, he had like a visual arts uh, store or whatever. And he had like, it was the visual arts in a broad brush. He had comics in the back, manga, uh, heavy metal, like all the magazines that even stuff that was like artsy magazines, like just juxtapose or whatever. He would bring that in and lots of indie stuff. And then he branched out to have like a little video store. And a lot of it was sort of, I would probably say questionable <laughs> of, of questionable provenance, uh, probably bootlegs that were bought from like, uh, you know, Asian markets and stuff like that and shipped to him. Um, this is how I watched, uh, all of Evangelion. So, hmm. uh, that was, that was an amazing experience. But by the time this came out, sadly, the economic uh, downturn in Puerto Rico had already started and he had to like tearfully close shop. Um, so that was, that's my sad origin story regarding why I did not watch Paranoid Agent, uh, like on DVDs or, or VHSs or what have you. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Pete, you hadn't seen this before at all, right? Yeah, yeah. I finished. Uh, I watched the last episode last night at like ten o'clock. Okay, that was weirdly right. specific, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so let's. Well, I, go I can with be Pete. specific. I didn't. I didn't watch it until uh, August seventh, two thousand seventeen, for uh, Mr. <laughs> Matt Jay's uh, Conversations Satoshi Kon themed podcast. What? I was uh, on that too. Matt Jay, by the way, doing great since he left Twitter. I was talking to him just the other day through um, the the telepathic mind connection that he's he's been able to send out after about two months after he left Twitter. He sort of was awakened, sort of your third eye just develops the less time he spent on social media. Uh, and he, he was sort of showing me visions of the, the planets that he's managed to to astrally project himself to. And um, they, they revere him as a god on um the fourth planet from the star of uh, Betelgeuse, actually, which is, um, you know, he's doing good. He's, he's doing all right for himself. Uh, I think he works at a 7-Eleven. <laughs> he's, he stopped, he, he stopped uh, worrying about the tangle of these people's lives. Yeah. Sitting yes. on a rock on Betelgeuse. Uh, you you know, know, his skin is bright blue. He's, he's, he's looking <laughs> cut. Let me tell you. I ripped, ripped. All right. Ripped. So, um, so I guess, Abby, perhaps you are the second person like i guess i don't even know what i'm trying to say here the 
person who saw it slightly before Pete. Yes, uh, I, have, what do you I, think have, of it? I have an excuse, which is because I, I was aware of the show in like 2003 or whatever when it was was being dubbed originally. But it was in that period when they were just dubbing like whatever, where there was like that huge, I guess it was sort of like a 10 year boom, 15 year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There was sort of a period where people were, you know, you just couldn't get enough of it. And so so I'd have friends who were like super into anime, just like conceptually, just like if it's from Japan, I like it better than from anywhere else. Uh, and and so I had friends who were telling me, oh, Paranoia Agent's great. But they also said that like, oh, dragon elf fuck is a masterpiece. <laughs> and so I had no reason to to believe that they had any sort of rationale here. I was I was a very snobbish middle schooler. Uh, so uh, it wasn't until Mad J told me to watch it that I was like, oh, maybe they were right for once. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. Don't feel too bad. Uh, I, I have, um, uh, friends who I know, uh, generally I can trust them on their tastes and that their tastes align with me. And I have other friends that, uh, I, I listen to them closely when they tell me I should watch something because I know they have terrible tastes and I go, well, you know, that's one that I don't have to really worry too much about. Uh, yeah, so it, it's like reading Anne Rand because if you if you just go with the opposite, you're always right. <laughs> what? I think that's a Christman. <laughs> so uh, I guess my question is, uh, what did you think of it? Let's get first impressions on this. Ooh, I didn't watch, right, like, I remember, like, watching, like, I think, like, the first, like, DVD of it when it, like, came out-ish, and um, I remember, like, kind of being like, oh, this is cool, and I started doing other things, and then when I rewatched it for um, Matt Jay's episode, and then my partner was, like, binging it last year, so I watched it again, and um, I don't, like, I said, like, it's not my favorite of Cones, but everything Cone did was so good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I can't see anyone else having like made Paranoid Agent. And in a way, I just, I don't know. I kind of love that in itself. And it's weird because we'll probably go into spoiler territory here. It's a very odd show with an odd premise. And yet it's probably not his trippiest thing he's made. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I see what you mean. This is a, uh, this is sort of like, um, when we had uh, Trev and, and Ted on for Big Trouble in Little China, where they were saying like, well, you know, we don't think that, that this movie is one of Carpenter's higher, you know, like the bigger movies or more important ones. But, you know, honestly, like you said, a bad, the lesser of the cone, uh, you know, like media uh, things is still better than probably 95% of everything out there. Oh, yeah. Like you were saying earlier, like, I mean, yeah, like there's really good anime out there. There's incredible anime that's on par of like any level of storytelling. Um, but then like everything else, it's just then sometimes there's like crap, you know, it's like, like what, what I'm, I'm going to watch like what, like like fucking shield hero over like cone. No, no, you I'm know, not. I, I said that mocking my friend, but now I think I would really like to hear what just like a complete idiot thought of this show. <laughs> I, I would be very curious. <laughs> Just himbo watches. (laughs) How is no one tapped into that? (laughs) Unrelated. Thanks for having me on, Carlo. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Pete. Come on now. I don't think you're dumb. (laughs) No, but I'm. I'm probably the least anime exposed of anybody on here because, like it that that 
uh, kettle started to boil, pick your own analogy, um, after I was in college. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just, I just like occasionally I'd be in a room and, uh, something would be playing and, and I have a vague idea of what's good and what's not by like, uh, basically the more tits, the worse it is, is sort of the math I did. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, this was, this was another good example of, of something you drug me into that I think, I think is genuinely extraordinary. I mean, um, the medium is beside the point. Like I've, I've never seen anything like this and I'm, I'm genuinely shocked that it's almost 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, would it surprise you, Pete, if I told you that apparently Cohn was trying to, he was, I, I guess he was just interested in, um, sort of like a, a mass delusion event and uh, sort of like the dancing plague of 1518 in Strasbourg, France, where I I don't remember the time frame, but I think it's like over the period of a week, just people slowly, like one person started dancing. This woman came out of a building and started dancing in the street, unaccompanied by music, and slowly other people started catching the bug, if you will. And, uh, and then, you know, like then a week of this happened. Uh, and everyone sort of snapped out of it and went about their lives again. St. Vitus's uh, dance, right? Is that what that was? I think St. Vitus's dance is the disease that you get from, I thought it was from the, uh, the, the hallucinogens in, in bad rye, but I okay. might be wrong. I should have gone with my sillier response, which was the party rock video was based on this event. But <laughs> <laughs> well. there, there, there was uh, the the Inquisition was called in for one of the towns that was afflicted by this uh, dance craze. Uh, there's records of it in uh, the Catholic Church's uh, Discum Infernum. Mm, okay, that's uh, <laughs> that, that's a song. That was but, funny. I'm sorry, <laughs> think it, uh-huh. it was. <laughs> <laughs> two out of three two out of th- i'll take it i'll take it it took me a second <laughs> i i know no latin there you go <laughs> only latinx um <laughs> <laughs> but uh so anyway the and, and the, the funny thing here and this is sort of like you see this in a previous movie of his which is uh, perfect blue where he sort of thought through the logical sort of steps that social media would become like the way that social media would propagate something. Mm. Um, and just so you know, this came out in 2004, which is prior to, I believe any of the social media, uh, platforms. I think it came out the same month that Facebook came out. So, there was like, basically there's no way that he could have been like, Oh yeah, this is, I'm going to look at this and then base my, my weird idea off of that. I love that though, because I feel like now it'd be a little too on the nose. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, see, this is, this is what, you know, this is what social media does to everybody. It it Um, would now feel like someone complaining about getting canceled on Twitter. Yeah. Like, like when Armando Iannucci talked about Twitter in 2012, it was like, oh, the thick of it's great. If he talks about it now, we're just like, oh, oh okay. 
little <laughs> slugger coming around and canceling people. That's the <laughs> can't wait. So, so are you are you guys Terry Pratchett fans? Oh yeah, heck yeah. So it's it's Pratchett's theory of gods too. You start out with one believer, and it feeds off of that, and then it just sort of it spreads like a virus or something, and those traits get reinforced in the larger being. Like I I found myself wondering if this guy had read Pratchett, which is I mean it's probably <laughs> a silly thought, but. Well, never know. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I haven't done like a deep dive on Cone's life other than knowing that taken away to way too soon. Uh, yeah. uh, but um, so does anyone want to take a crack at <laughs> giving a, br- a broad synopsis of this uh, show? I'll, I'll try. I'll try. Um, so there's there's a lady and she basically is coming up with, oh, man, I don't even like know how to really explain her title. Like she's trying to come up. I think she like created a toy originally and it basically took off. It was like a little Sanrio Hello Kitty-esque character, like levels of like huge success. And she is under immense pressure to come up with her next big hit. And in the middle of just this anxiety she's having about this, um, she is attacked by a mysterious assailant who is portrayed and described as a child with a bat on rollerblades. Um, And this suddenly a lot of other people throughout the course of like, it's what, 26 episode series who are also in signs of duress, anxiety, dealing with problems and not really sure how to process or handle them are also attacked by this mysterious assailant. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and and to be clear, like the it's it's weird because I, I was really re when I was re-watching this, I was really paying attention to who's in the background. Because every character who's in the background of one episode ends up being like it, it's not a huge roster, but it's a, about seven different people uh apart from like the two police investigators who are then called in to investigate uh Tsukiko Sagi uh, is the uh, the animator or illustrator who comes up with the smash hit uh the huge-headed Maromi dog doll that is pink and uh, uh, just i mean like diabetes inducingly cute it is like baby yoda phenomenon level i I did i did some research and uh the term for that specific kind of character is an yashi kara like a like a soothing character uh a comfort character if you will yeah yeah (laughs) and there's a surprising amount of uh papers on such things uh very little of which is uh this side of a paywall (laughs) damn it So yeah, um, and so yeah, the the I find it really interesting because then it once you start sort of figuring out that oh, this person is now gonna you know be the that person that you saw in a brief scene in the pre- previous episode is now gonna be you're gonna see their entire sort of arc um, uh, in the next episode or whatever, and it sort of then hammers home that this is sort of they've become a vector in some way, shape or form. Like they become infected with the little, the little slugger or in, what is it in, in the Japanese? Shonen shonen Bato. Shonen Bato. Bat boy. Is is that a reference to Ogunbat, the, the superhero or I don't know if superhero Um, is the word. 
I don't know if it's intentional. It just means like the bat kid pretty much, but that sounds like a bat boy or like, you know. (laughs) Yes, bat boy found. (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably why uh, the localization changed it. Yeah. I, I'm, it's like, I'm oh, very cool. In our, in, in our society, we, we claim that there's a phenomenon of people claiming to be attacked by Bat Boy, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, uh, I was thinking about the, the, you remember the punch out game? Yes, yes. I'm sorry, you were going to say, Abby. Oh, well, I, I just wanted to uh, say I was very impressed with how you uh, sort of connected the structure of the show with um, the, the themes of it, because I feel like we see sort of similar anthologies like the third season of Moral Oral. And sort of some other shows that'll keep leaping around people within the same sort of closed setting uh, mm-hmm. with less reason for it. Like with Moral Oral, it's just like, oh, this whole town screwed up. Uh, whereas with <laughs> this, like, like it, it is very much like uh, like following a pathogen, yeah, uh, which yeah. I hadn't put together before. So I, I just wanted to say thank you for Yay. being smart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do try at times you when I'm not off. mispronouncing names. <laughs> no worries, Kylo. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> there's so many fanfics about me <laughs> but so uh so i guess the question here is what i i i even had a fake out i even faked myself out uh because there is a moment where um it's chief ikara ikari i should say and maniwa who are the two uh, detectives who were assigned to initially interview um, Sukaki Sagi? Sukaki Sagi? Wait, hold on, hold on. Sukiko Sagi. I'm sorry, Jesus Christ, what is wrong with me? Um, and and the the entire attack and so on. And she's the one that provides them with like a sketch of Lil Slugger, which is painted in like this silhouette it looks menacing but you know uh she describes him as wearing like like you said uh inline skates but they're golden and he has a golden bat that's bent very strange very particular right uh but it it does uh you know it does have like these little hallmarks of very specific details to certain things um that any urban legend has right because in Urban Legend, oh, we don't know much about the victim of Mr. Hookhand, but we know pretty much what Mr. Hookhand looks like, you know? Um, so anyway, uh, it's just sort of a, a stray thought that, that came through about uh, connecting it with Urban Legends, but it's uh, they then continue investigating other people who get attacked or claim to be attacked by Lil Slugger. Uh, and then like the second one is like a, a middle school kid uh who's <laughs> just a little shithead <laughs> uh who calls himself Ichi because that's uh that means number one, right? That is in, in Japanese. Yeah, he's oh my god, that was the one I watched from Mr. Matt J. And I'm just like, oh my god, like I think and I, I kind of going off on diatribe a little bit, but I think it's interesting is everyone's kind of a mix in terms of who are the victims of Little Slugger. And some mm-hmm. people do seem to really like have like, you know, I think relatable problems going on. And then sometimes just like wretched little shits in the show. Yes. Yes. I mean, uh, there are people that sort of, you go like, well, you know, you don't want to say that, you know, you're awful and you sort of maybe deserve the, the problems that, that come upon you, but some of them do, you know, and you wonder, 
Uh, but that that's the that's the other thing, right? Every every person who's attacked by a little slugger eventually is uh, the pressure magically like a bubble bursts, and they are now happy. Uh, it, it, even one of the victims suffers amnesia, uh, and is completely sort of happy and off in their own little sort of world. Uh, and that, that's the other thing that's interesting about this, because it's like this, this, um, ramping up and each of the episodes has this, right? It ramps up the pressure that, that you feel uh, as the character is feeling it on screen. And then finally, when the attack comes, it's almost as if it's a relief. Mm -hmm. Well, with, with one very notable, uh, exception, the, uh, uh, the, the, the wife of the police officer. Mm, true. Well, but that's because, and, and I, I was really paying attention to that one today when I was rewatching it. And I feel it's because she has had a rough life and she's like had some sort of chronic, I'm, it's never specified, but she's had some sort of chronic illness and she cannot sort of afford to escape from her life. Well, will not. I mean, I think, uh, I can't even believe I'm saying this. Well, you know, just because it, I, there's part of me that wants to like not take this as seriously because it's an anime, which is a really bad thing for me to do. I've it's it's a it's an unconscious bias that I need to throw to the side. But I I think she's got agency, and I think she made the choice. Like she 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 knew that she could make. I guess you could call it a bargain with little slugger and she said no i'd rather i'd rather embrace the real and i mean in some ways i find her the most compelling character in the whole thing mm -hmm. yeah i can see that well you know just like right after the pedophile of course <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> uh, <laughs> jesus christ that I, one I, was I, like rough man oh <laughs> That was so rough. <laughs> I, yeah, just in some ways that in itself was a daring choice because like you're, you're not going to get any empathy for the audience for this guy. You want the guy to get hit by a bat, but I, I guess, I mean, I guess if it's a harvest, if it's supposed to come after everybody eventually, well, why not, why not have a creep in there? I also feel like, um, and I'm not sure how much Cone was inspired by this, but I feel you get a lot of those kind of small town where something happens stories. And there is always just someone just doing something horrific. You know what I mean? There's always just like someone who's going from, oh, everyone's a little messed up here, you know, or we don't really talk about these things to someone who's just like, oh, God, uh, you know, yeah. putting cameras in their child's room. Oh, still, I, I still like, I knew it was coming. I was still like, Oh God, why? Uh, and, and you understand, but that's, that's an interesting one because it, it does sort of, it, it goes backwards chronologically. Right. Uh, because mm -hmm. you, you don't get that reveal until, uh, his daughter is like, she's wandering the streets. Uh, at the beginning, in the midst like of an oncoming cyclone or typhoon, um, and then you get the the reveal at the end. Uh, it, it's a very it's very well done, uh, and, and he, the 
the wife of Chief Ikari uh, thing is interesting because I, I was like going like, shit, did Pixar steal this whole storyline for from up from this episode? Because it goes through the same beats. Except for the the chronic illness, because then that 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 would bring everyone a little too far down. Uh, you know, like they have, a, you know, she's pregnant. They're waiting a child. She has a miscarriage, and so on and so forth, and establishes it. And weirdly, this is um, I've been sort of paying attention to how a lot of shows structure stuff, and weirdly, I find that uh, especially on the streaming networks like Netflix and and so on. They love to give you some sad backstory uh, on the next to the last episode of a season to sort of, oh, with this is why this person is like that. And it's like, I, I don't care about them anymore now. <laughs> why are you showing me this now? <laughs> What's that? Oh, it, it's been too long. Like you've already yeah. formed your opinions. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but this is it. It is very compelling, and it's very moving. Uh, it, you know, even though it feels late in the game, it also reveals something that's been established well uh, throughout the season. Like the the chief is his escape uh, is into his work, and then you see why he's escaped into work. You know, and and why he cannot sort of face his own his own wife, who he loves, but also is just very, I guess, worn down. You know, this is a this is a show that you know, in lurking in the background, it's sort of like uh, is the system the 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 cool world we all live in that we've become so much more uh, familiarized with in 2020 and now into 2021. Uh, can I be dumb at you guys for a second? Oh, um, sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm glad it. you started You're asking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that I'm, was wonderful. I'm so sorry. I'm no, sorry. No, no, no. That, that was well deserved. I want to be your friend because you seem nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, there, I don't understand the old man. And I don't understand how the old man appears to be some sort of office that can be passed on. Hmm. I th mm, okay. I mean, I'm gonna go uh, because this would it surprise you, Pete, that uh, one of um, one of his stated uh, big influences is uh, Satoshi Kon's big influence is like Terry Gilliam amongst amongst others. Huh. Hmm. So huh. I felt like the path that you see uh, Maniwa eventually take and sort of like become like a weird, uh, uh, just a weirdo who is now like thinks he's a knight. It reminded me a lot of the Fisher King. Hmm. Like mm. someone, someone who's now able to see maybe not reality or the, the real behind what we see, but definitely something, some, some obscured truth that we're generally too busy in our day-to-day -day lives seeing. Yeah. That's my theory, at least. I don't know. Yeah. I could be wrong. I, um, I would like to talk about something, and then I think we can have a, a, I, I would like to have a discussion about it offline, about whether we should remove it, if that's okay with you guys. Because I was, I was hit with a piece of information 
today that I'm still kind of grappling with. Um, okay. I it there is somebody I knew in high school, specifically the person I went to prom with, who got out of prison this week, and. I don't know why, but that story has connected very closely in my head to the events of this show. And I think it's because I just watched it. I mean, but but maybe there's a link. And I mean, basically what happened was she was very uh, protective of her daughter and was more and more concerned that her new husband, you know, might might be like the camera guy and uh at one point i mean he said something along the lines of call me daddy and she killed him wow and i mean you're you're never gonna know like what really happened there and I just like having having that rolling through my head while I was watching this. I mean, it may it would have been a bumpy ride anyway, but it was a really bumpy ride for me. I I do think that the show definitely kind of taps into yeah, like these very intense, you know, kind of feelings and stuff. And definitely, like I mean, a lot of said paranoia agent is people just kind of unable to manage or process their moods, you know, and especially yeah. their own anxieties. Mm. Um, so like I said, um, like I said, that's, that's horrific to, to hear and experience. And at the same time, like, um, that is something, um, and like I said, you said you were not like, you're kind of just coming into anime, but, um, anime will hit you with these things. I'm watching this amazing anime right now called, um, uh, Wonder Egg something on a wonder egg for now. Um, and you're like, Oh, this is a fun show about magic girls. And you realize like going in, um, it's actually a story about girls who kill themselves. <laughs> like, Oh my God. Yeah. And it's, it's a good show, but a lot of people will recommend her like, Hey, just like content warning. Like <laughs> the theme is basically why do girls kill themselves? Like, so I do uh, think that sometimes yeah. <laughs> anime can be disarming because you're like, this is a fun cartoon and it's full of boobies and, you know, punchy men. Um, but I do think that um, they do handle very heavy themes. And I do think, especially for Westerners who are coming into it, it's easy to suddenly be like just blindsided because you go in and you're not expecting that, you know? Hmm. Hmm. I did wonder why my roommate stopped coming in to tell me she was watching Wonder Egg. <laughs> <laughs> it was just staring out the window, just you know, yeah. contemplating life. Mm. Petting a cat. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I could, I could, Jesus, Pete, that I could see that though, because that's, that's like, that's precisely the words that, you know, the dude, uh, is trying to like he's trying to recreate that and you don't make the connection until you see the the other episode where it's his daughter and you're like oh god why yeah jesus christ yeah um, i mean that it's it, it it didn't it didn't trivialize the themes i can't even say trivialize right now but it i mean something about having them drawn rather than 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 flesh makes them hit me on a time delay I could see that. I mean, it's, I think it's the, you know, to, to go off on a, on a brief um, tangent. I think oh, we don't, we don't do that, Carla. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, fuck me then. 
<laughs> Got to go back through the back catalog and scrub those out then. <laughs> uh, but I think that the issue here is, and and one of the things that, that I'm, I formed, a, a perhaps a half-formed opinion, I'm not entirely sure if it's fully formed, but I'm going to, I'm going to say that the, this show is trying to like beneath the, the, you know, Lil Slugger and Maromi, uh, being two types of escapism. Uh, the show itself is, you know, like as with any good fiction should have some elements for you to escape into, but not an escape that Maromi, for instance, is promising, uh, nor the mind wipe that, you know, little slugger offers, but a open eyed, you know, sort of, uh, grappling because that, that escape, that space, that safe space, that that escapism offers you should be for you to be able to grapple with something that you couldn't outside in the real world. Right. And I feel that this is something that the show is trying to sort of grapple with itself. Right. Because you do have these two characters who present different flavors of escape, but they are both escapist, you know, one being for for lack of a better term, a very hope punky type of uh, character that you know you no no you don't need to look over at the bad stuff you never need to look at the bad stuff. I'm cute. Think about cute things. You know, just think pink. You know, pink and pink puppies and so on. And you don't need to worry about that. And then the other one is, I can no longer push this down uh, far enough. It's it's gonna come come out in some way, shape, or form, and it comes out in Little Slugger, you know, and it comes down and chases you, and then you may have to go through a cycle again. I remember talking with a uh, I keep bringing up poor Matt Jay because I'm like that's so last time I talked about um paranoid agent, but we were it's like he's wondering... watching over us even now with his <laughs> mystical powers. <laughs> Um, but we were kind of wondering, like, if maybe I can bring this back to y'all. Do you think the show is like, I don't want to say bootstrap, but sometimes I get the vibe of like, you need to handle your problems properly. Um, I don't completely agree because I think the show is more about people who become overwhelmed. But I found that kind of interesting perspective. Like, is it being like, oh, you're just trying to get out of stuff easily by having little slugger beat you into a coma? <laughs> I mean, I think that's a valid approach to it. I don't, I, I think I agree with you in the sense that I don't think that Cohn was doing that at all. Uh, and I think it, it's, it, he sort of tries to establish that from those opening scenes in the first episode where you get like a, one after another people like bowing out or flaking or deciding that, the, oh, no, no, you know, the, the road's full up and the guy's just sitting in his, in his truck, uh, he, saying, telling his boss that he can't come into work today, which, you know, I, I can respect. I'm pro laziness <laughs> myself, but, but at the same time, the, the general gist of that entire episode is this is a world where people for, for one, you know, in one shape, way or another are trying to bow out of the social contract, right? What we owe each other. Right. So they're trying to escape those responsibilities for connecting with other people. And sometimes that may require you to do stuff that you, you may not be prepared or think are not prepared to do. 
Can- but in general, connection is better than isolation. And I think that that's the other thing that, that I wanted to point out is that a lot of the characters that are uh, sort of centered in Paranoia Agent and become targets of Lil Slugger are generally people who have isolated themselves from connecting with other people. Like, uh, you know, the, the, the kid, Ichi, who then for whatever reason, uh, I mean, because he thinks he's the best and he deserves the best, he then just fabricates this entire <laughs> enmity with uh, Suichi, the the other kid who's like from, like he's he's like from out of town. He's just moved to the school. And so he thinks he's a bumpkin and he's, he's heavy. So he calls him a fat. So sorry, that's, I'm not trying to fat shame anybody, but that's what, you know, sort of what the. You can describe things without being responsible for them. I, I mean, case in point, I, I did mention pedophilia earlier and I'm hoping <laughs> I can dodge that bullet. Uh, but, uh, he he invents his entire enmity when all Suichi is trying to do is connect with him. Mm-hmm. And, and it, there's like, he even does the right thing. And like, somebody's trying to like, takes pictures of, of Ichi bullying him. And he comes forward and says, I don't know who's trying to you know, harass him. Uh, like in front of the whole class. And he's like, Oh, how dare he? He's just trying to win points. And it's like, dude, he's trying to do the right thing and you're just pushing him away because you're a shit. <laughs> I found that interesting to talk about like social obligations because um, I think that's something identifiable here, but it's it's so predominant in Japanese culture. Like um, the one I always explain is like, um, like I think at most jobs, your coworkers are like, hey, we're going to go out and get drinks. You could just be like, nah, man, I'm good. And in Japan, you have to. Like, you don't go, oh, I'm tired, I'm going to go home. Like, you have to. Like, um, you, there's, I don't remember the word, but basically, like, if you leave, like, your job before your boss does, you have to apologize, you know, and there's something you say. You're like, I'm so sorry for leaving early and letting the whole team down, you know? Um, <laughs> and I think especially in Japan, which is just a lot more ingrained in the ideas of, like, kind of social harmony and everyone works together here. There's no I in team. Um, and I do think that suddenly becomes a lot like more harder in like, you know, the show where, you know, it's people desperately trying to get out and they're not in a culture where it's easy to say, hey, man, I'm taking the day off. I'm taking a mental health day. Mm-hmm. 